next stop, motherhood. Join us on the journey there. On the way, we will be talking about infertility, loss, adoption, and everything in between. Now your host, Stephanie Simmons. Welcome to our second episode of Next Stop Motherhood. I have a very special guest today, and it is my friend Ashley, who I've actually met through some of the amazing social media groups. And she has agreed to come on and kind of explain her experience with infertility, the process of uh, her journey to motherhood, where she's at, and kind of where her and her husband have been. So, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Thank you. Hello. So tell tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I will be thirty in two weeks from today. Uh, <laughs> Happy my early birthday. <laughs> That's the perfect way to say it, yeah. And so, yeah. Tell me about how you guys met. There was a dating app through Facebook called Zook. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Um, Chris had messaged me through it, and I found it on there. Found him on Facebook, and I shamelessly Facebook stalked him for a few weeks first. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he seemed really cute and awesome. I messaged him, and we talked online. For about two months before, I was finally like, hey, are you bringing out me out? And he did. And I actually, we were planning on uh, going out, and I actually started to bail because I got nervous. And my mom was like, no, you you have to go out. You need to go out with him. You need to get out of the house. <laughs> and she still, to this day, takes credit for our relationship. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, but we met, at, we met at the town center by our house. Uh, we talked at Dama Juice for like two hours, and then we went Awesome. So, did you guys yeah, live close to each other? Yeah, uh, we lived probably about ten minutes away from each other. Wow. At the time, yeah, we went like our high school. Like they weren't rivals, but they were like they weren't like their main rivals, but they were. So that's yeah. awesome. And you guys yeah. are the same age, right? Yes. I my birthday is April eighteenth, and his is April twenty first. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he calls me his cougar. <laughs> By like a couple days. <laughs> yeah, those those three days he takes he likes to take advantage and say, "Ha ha, you're older than me." Oh goodness, you guys. Yeah. So, it's funny that you mentioned that. So Zach and I actually met on Craigslist. I don't know if I ever told you the story in the group. No. Okay, so. <laughs> Me and my friend used to put up mean ads, and we were really bad, so we used to put up ads to get guys to send us pictures, and then we'd, like, rate them. It, it, I, was, I was really bad. <laughs> and so we'd always put stuff like, oh, two girls looking to hang out with guys, whatever, and one of them was Zach. And I mentioned that I'm, I was from Miami, and he replied in Spanish. But I saw the name Zach Simmons, and I was like, who's this white guy talking Spanish to me? Like, what's his deal? <laughs> <laughs> and so I totally shamelessly Facebook and MySpace him because back then MySpace was a thing. And yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, he's kind of cute. And we kept talking. And literally, the first time I met him, I picked him up from the airport, like here in Salt Lake. Wow. Yeah. And I was just as you like, when you said that you backed out, I was the same way. I was like, okay, I'm going to pick up a total stranger 
Like, we had been talking, but I'm yeah. like, I don't know this guy from Adam, and I'm going to pick him up, like, at the airport. And, yeah. And then, like you said, ever since then, like, it's just we haven't stopped hanging out, and here's that man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was nice da- to meet you, right? Seriously, dating sites have done so good for so many people. Yeah, my, par- my mom and stepdad's wife on the AOL chat group. That is awesome. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> yeah, that is so see how long ago that was. <laughs> chat rooms were the blast like they were a blast so when did you guys after you guys got together how long you said right away you were deciding to start a family or did you have a conversation and decide when you were going to start trying for a family um well we got engaged in 2012 and we actually um planned to get married like at the end of 2014 but in 2000 march of 2013 my appendix ruptured and I got very sick. I was uh, septic for my, basically, like, massive infection. Right. Everyone was in the hospital for, like, a week. And um, after I got out of the hospital, you know, we were talking, we're like, what? it kind of was an eye-opener for us. It was like, what are we waiting for? We don't need to have this big, elaborate wedding. We, we just want to be married and start our lives together. And it wasn't about the wedding. It was more we wanted to be married to each other. That's and nothing awesome. to stop us. So... Yeah, it was a wake-up call, and then, you know, from there, we, you know, we wanted to do things right, we wanted to be married, and then have kids, and we actually, we got married in August, but in June, we stopped using any kind of birth control, because okay. we, we were like, you know, you know what, if we get pregnant, if we're two months pregnant at the wedding, it's okay, like, <laughs> it's fine, and we don't think it's fine, we'll take a honeymoon baby, and, but, um, we weren't, we weren't focused on it, because there's so much going on with the wedding. To make a baby. I feel like I feel like that's how it is though. Like that's how you start with the whole you're subconsciously trying, but you're like, let's just not try to avoid it. So, how long did you guys try before you decided to seek advice from a doctor? Um, so when I got married in August, we moved into our own, our own little place, and once we, like, were settled, probably, like, mid-September, like, we started, like, okay, let's track ovulation, let's, like, look up these websites, let's kind of, like, do what we can to get it going faster, I guess. Right. Um, and I Fall. 
is how fast they swim and, like, the shape were pretty bad. Uh, she was at, like, 8% normalcy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, they could say, we're like, well, at this point, we don't really want to do anything. Like, they're like, you know, take these vitamins and see a urologist. So he went and saw a urologist and they actually found out he had a varicose vein in one of his testicles. And he would totally kill me if he knew I was saying this, like, out loud, but So in the beginning, Chris was the one that was being diagnosed with infertility. You still didn't know anything about your side of the fertility cycle. And so from there on out, when you guys went to go see the fertility specialist, what did he suggest, or, or did that's when they, they checked you, or, or what? How did that go? Uh, so what they did, I, we went in and followed up the, uh, <laughs> the fertility doctor, and he, uh, you know, he reviewed Chris's analysis. He had, I had all the blood work done before, and he said everything was perfect. Everything looked great. Uh, he did most of the product. Uh, fertility doctors do like a ultrasound at the consult to kind of check to see what's going on there too and so he's like let's do one so he did one he looked at my right ovary everything looked great he went to the left ovary he's like okay everything looks great he's like you're actually going to ovulate in like two days so have sex this day this day and that day oh wow but he's like but like there's some fluid around the ovary he's like I can't tell if it's just like a big vein or if it's Right fallopian tube was like 
like 95% block, and my left was 100% because I guess your appendix sits on that the left area, and when it ruptured, the infection caused all the scar tissue to go into the tooth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Out of everywhere for it to go, it decided to go into the fallopian tube. Yeah, and when I actually ended up, uh, saw another a reproductive endocrinologist who did the surgery to take my tooth out because he said that I have the one where there's fluid, they're blocked, but there's fluid leaking from them, from like seeping from them, and that because it sits so long in the tube and before it seeps down to the uterus, it's basically filled with bacteria and it wouldn't be healthy for an embryo to be in that environment. Right. So when he took my So, after getting all those tests done, I I want to say it's called, like, oh, I got it pulled up here. Hysterosalpingography. Hysterosal <laughs> <laughs> so, I knew once, <laughs> once you mentioned what it was, I just remembered that experience on my own. And, yeah, I was like, I know, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, it was really, it was probably one of the worst tests that we had done because my tooth were so blocked. I would not like to redo that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good passing on that one. So, <laughs> so yeah. on a serious note, I mean, you know, after hearing all these things, I mean, how did you feel when infertility, when they said, look, this is blocked, you know, and your husband has, I mean, I guess his issues were overcome with the with the supplements, but how yeah. did you feel when, when they're like, IVF is your only option? Was it optimistic? Were you kind of? Was it kind of sad to know that it wasn't going to happen naturally? Um, both. Because okay. the uh, Dr. Potter, who was the doctor that did our IVF, was like, you know, once we get your tooth out, he's like, clean up the uterus, like, you are going to be good. You have your uterus, it's a beautiful shape, you know, you got your hormone levels are perfect, you respond well to medication, I don't see any issues. So, I mean, I was heartbroken that I couldn't be like any other person and just have sex with my husband and get pregnant. Oh my god, I'm pregnant. Right, right. But I was also, I mean, I was also like, okay, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but my doctor's sitting here saying that it's gonna work. And even when we, I responded well to all the medications, I didn't have any like crazy, crazy moments with them like you hear a lot of stories with. When we went in for the embryo transfer, when they Right. No, and so, that, I feel I, like that in itself is, like, part of the loss, knowing that, you know, what we think is normal is I get married, we have babies, and we announce to everyone, just like, 
most of the population gets to do. And so yeah. even though there is hope when doctors are like, we can do this, I feel like it's still kind of sad because you're like, well, not only is it expensive, but we have to go through all these extra steps to get there. Yeah, and it, you know, all the shots and the blood draws and the ultrasounds, like, they, they suck. But I was very, like, it's okay, like, this is what being a mom is about, like, you got to sacrifice your body, so I'm just starting a little bit early, like, <laughs> the first round, I was very, like, I got this, so I did, you know, we were optimistic the first time, very so you said your first time you didn't have any weird side effects with the IVF. You took the medicine well. Like how, how did the first experience go in general from start to to finish? It was good. It was good. I didn't. They put me on metformin because they said my glucose, the PCOS, my glucose was a little elevated, so they wanted to put me on metformin. That was the only one that I had real issues with. Um, <laughs> So I laugh because obviously yeah. I know what metformin horribly does to you. So so the reason metformin yeah. is given to people with PCOS, it's supposed to go ahead and control your insulin resistance. And then the yeah. side effect is you are constantly going to the bathroom. Like, yeah. like it's no one's business. So I had a friend that works in the ER at the time, and she was taking metformin. And she said she was in between patients. And she would run to the bathroom and then run back because she was an ER nurse. And she's like, it was... It was miserable because, like, I, I don't even know how people – so I did it for, like, three months, and I couldn't do any more of it. Yeah, I was actually – I'm actually a medical assistant. Oh, okay. And it was the same thing. I'd, I'd be in the room with the patient, and I'd be like, oh, my God, um, I think the doctor needs me. Hold on one second. And I was like, run out, and then be like, okay, I'm back. How you doing? Ha-ha. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah, I know that, I know that feeling. Oh, my God. And I'm sure they think it's totally normal. They're like, oh, I guess this girl really needs to go do something. And little do they know what's actually happening. <laughs> yes. So, my coworkers knew. They were like, if they saw me running to the bathroom, they, la- they, they felt sorry, but they would laugh because I, <laughs> they knew. So, I didn't, they knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> you so, know, they, they feel yeah. for you, but it's also funny because, I mean, you know, you're literally on the verge of pooping your pants sometimes. So you're like, okay, no time to yeah. look at anybody running to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was hard because you had to plan, like, you had to plan because we were going somewhere early in the morning. I had to, like, make sure to take my medication even earlier so I could go to the bathroom before we went. So I'd have to stop in the car. And, right. And, you know, all the shots are, like, on a, you know, you have to do it between 7 and 10. You have to do this one between 5 and 6. Absolutely. So, you said the first one. So, how did that first IVF end?
know, you follow the like, okay, on day nine, everyone's supposed to be doing this, and then the balance discharging bit blurring itself in the uterus. So I was like, yeah, this is it. This is like, it's doing its thing, it's working. And I woke up the next day, which was Thanksgiving, and I was just, I had blood just all over. Like, I woke up in a pool of blood. And I was, you know, I dedicated, I called the emergency hotline number, and uh, Chris was actually at work, and I called my mom, she was in the middle of cooking, so my dad came over to get me, and, you know, he was, like, trying not to freak out, I'm trying not to freak out, because I was, my thought was, if I'm still pregnant, because I didn't believe in pregnancy, I know this, I'm like, maybe, you know, I'm just having a moment, and we called the emergency hotline, and they were like, well, you know, they told me the same thing, women bleed in pregnancy, you know, you could on your reaction to something, so they just told me to up the progesterone and take an extra shot of estrogen. Mm-hmm. I don't say so. And they said, just wait till, I think my blood test was like the following Tuesday. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so I went to my mom's house, all of our family came over, and, you know, everyone knew that we, like, were in the, like, middle of waiting to find out if we were pregnant. I remember my uncle came in and he was so excited and he tried to like rub my belly and he's like, oh, I'm my baby niece and nephew and I was just like, I had to like put this like brave face on to be like, just don't let anyone know that like, you don't know what's going on. And right. So, so, but we went to the blood test and I had taken work off that day and so did Chris because we were like, you know what, either way, we can't be at work, we can't be involved because either way, it's going to be a Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we met like 7 o'clock in the morning, did the blood test, but at that point, we both were kind of like, you know what, it's not it. Like, we knew in our hearts of hearts that that wasn't it. So when they called and told us, we were like, yeah, we knew. So, and actually ended up having to take, I ended up actually having to be off work for another like three days because I was bleeding so bad. It was like going through pad after pad and getting rid of all of it. So I'm the, sorry. Like, the first round was thank you. Yeah, the first round was very harsh. So and so was it preg- like did you did you have a miscarriage or was it just was it like one of those early miscarriages or was it just that your your period that just came on extra strong because of the meds? They just um, my HCG levels never rose, so they said the embryos most likely never buried. Okay. Um, into the uterine lining, so they said that it it wasn't technically a miscarriage, but the like how they explained it, I was so confused. So, but no, they just said because of uh, the progesterone, your uterine lining gets really, really thick. Right. And then when I stopped, and then when I stopped taking the medication, um, it like basically shred, it shredded the whole everything. So you were you were shedding all that tissue and stuff and all that thick uterine lining basically. Yes. Oh man. So yeah, it was not that was that was hard. It was just very hard the first time. I mean all of them are hard, but right, the right. first time they, even when I had gone in, um, I saw the doctor for like the failed consult failed cycle consult, whatever you called it. He looked at me and he's like, I would have let my practice that this would have worked for you. And that's the last and thing you want to hear. Yeah. And, of course, Chris was at work, and he's taking so much time off to be with me, and I, like, was trying 
I'm sorry. Yeah. I think I think the first one is always yeah. the hardest because there's so much more. You're so I, I don't want to say naive because we know what we're going through, but you're so like your optimism kind of overshadows the potential yeah. the potential bad that can happen. You're just so optimistic because scientifically everything isn't where it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like everything should work out. And part of you wants yeah, to wants them not to say that, but part of you is also like, okay, if the doctor says it, then then it's obviously gonna happen. He knows what he's saying. And at the moment, I'm sure you were excited to know the sex, but obviously after yeah. after that, it kind of yeah. hurts that much more. So yeah. how did you guys process grief, and when did you decide to try IVF again after that first one?
And yeah. I, I mean, well, you had leftover embryos, so I mean, you knew there was babies there waiting yeah. to be implanted. Um, so how many? How many did you implant on that second IVF? Um, like well, one. Okay. And because he was like, you know, they grade them basically. So the few that were left were like BBs, and the other one, the third one that was still frozen, was like a BC. So he was like, you know, he's So that way there wouldn't be a competition between the one that was a little worse off than the one that was better. Yeah, basically. Okay. And how did that IVF cycle go? I mean, where was your where was your mentality? What was your mentality like for that second IVF cycle? I mean, again, I was excited, but I don't think I was as excited as the first one. I think this time I was more more weary of everything. But mm-hmm. when I got past that day nine mark and I didn't have any bleeding, I got like, oh my God, okay, so I got farther than last time and I don't have any bleeding and I feel like, I'm, is I'm a nauseous? Is my feeling here? Oh my God, like, this is it. And I didn't have any bleeding. I didn't have any issues. I went in for blood tests and I'm like, yeah, I got this. I'm pregnant. I'm going to make a rest. I'm shopping. <laughs> and she called me and she called me and said, it, it didn't work. It's never, it's it never so easy. It, yeah, absolutely. Especially, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to explain this eloquently, but I feel like the first time you learn the realities of what can happen, and then the second time you compare it to the first time, and if it's nothing yeah. like it, then there's hope, if that makes any sense. Like, it's just... And so after that IVF cycle, did you try IVF again, or did you guys kind of take a break from IVF? How did how did it go from there? We took about six months, and then we went back, and you know we sat down with the doctor again, and we were like, you know what, we want to try one more time. Like my the job that I had at the time actually had infertility coverage. Oh wow, that's awesome. Um, again, my mom 
had um, had actually asked us to move back in because they had put me on blood thinners, the Levinox, the blood thinners. Right. Because one of us had to come back saying that I could possibly have some clotting disorder in the future, and they wanted to make sure that it didn't affect the placenta. And so my mom, you know, was like, you know what, money-wise, you know, I want to make sure that you're safe. I don't want you to be alone at your house and something happened and nobody knows. Right. And so my parents and I moved back in, back to my parents' house, and, you know, we saved up. And I, uh, we talked to the doctor. We're like, you know, we still have the one frozen, but he was like, you know what, if you guys want to, like, let's try a fresh round again. He's like, let's go in, try to get more embryos, try to get better ones, and, you know, if we can kind of make this a better experience than last time. Right. So we went and we did a whole brand new fresh cycle. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. But this time it was, the third time was a little more intense because I was doing the interlipid. I was doing, they had increased my medication. They had put me on the blood thinners, which suck. Like my stomach was black. And then my oh. butt was black because they were doing the shots in my butt, and the needles are so big. So I'm, I don't think in that whole time frame, like, from start to finish, I don't think I let her see me about Sherlock. I was so self-conscious. <sighs> and so they would actually yeah, inject the blood thinner, too? So besides the shots that you're already giving yourself for the IVF, then you have the ones for the blood thinners. Yeah. Holy smokes. If I had gotten pregnant, it would have been, I would have had to be on the blood thinners the whole pregnancy, uh, and the progesterone and ingestion shots for the first 12 weeks. Oh. But I was at the point where, like, I'm fine, I'm not fine. If you get me pregnant, I'm cool being on three shots until, <laughs> you know, this time. Right. So. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy for, for people who experience infertility, like, the lengths we're willing to go. Like, our bodies yeah. are just... It's almost like we don't even care about our bodies at this point. You're like, just just give me a baby, do what you got to do. As long as I'm alive and I can deliver a healthy baby, then that's, that's all that matters, I guess. Yeah, that was basically my mindset was, you know, and everyone I, you know, everyone I talk to, I'm surrounded by women that have babies and gone through pregnancy, and you know, they tell you everything your body goes through. And I just, I always kept it in my back of my head was, I'm not pregnant yet, but I'm still doing this, so I can be, and I can experience all that. I just have to take an extra step. Right. But I, can't, I guess that was my pep talk to myself, like, when I was, I, I cried a lot. I'm not going to lie. I cried a lot in third one. <laughs> um, you know, doing this job, like, you get, you get tired. Like, your body gets tired. You going in for blood tests and ultrasounds, and oh, yeah. I was just really, I was physically, I was physically tired, and, um, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to be tired when I'm pregnant. So I'm tired now. That's all right. <laughs> you are awesome with your own pep talks. I, I need you around me when yeah. I need to come up with pep talks. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. So, yeah, and, you know, we did it, and fortunately it didn't work the third time. And they never knew why. What did you feel being left in the in the unknown, with the with the unexplained reasons like how did that make you feel it sucks like it sucks like I know that the main I know the main cause of all of this is because of my tooth which Mm -hmm. you know I got what we fixed like it was like okay we 
fix that. So why isn't it working? Like, where's, where's, what's going on? Why, hello, do something. And right. I think after the, after the third one, that's when I got, like, into a very big slump because I think to not knowing why it wasn't working put more guilt onto me. And, you know, I, I know that it's not my fault that my pregnancy structured and, I know that, but it's still like that. I'm a woman. I'm supposed to get pregnant or carry a pregnancy, and it's not doing that, and I don't know why. Right. So, the guilt, I mean, especially the third one, the guilt on myself was very hard. You know, not even just for me, but for my husband. Like, I got to the point where I'm like, just leave me. Just, just it's okay, like, I totally understand, like, you need to go be with somebody that can do what I can't, and, but he was like, dude, no, that's not your fault, like, right. you couldn't help it. <laughs> right. So, I think that's the hardest part, yeah. too, because, like, we feel, I mean, not to sound primitive, but we feel like a responsibility to our husbands that, like, we're supposed to be yeah. able to bear your child, and we haven't been able to, so... I, I totally get what you say with, when it comes to the guilt, especially with your spouses. And I've muttered those yeah. same words to Zach more than yeah. once. And, and you know, it gets me too. Like, I mean, I still have my moments of guilt, I guess, but it has gotten better over time. But um, it is hard when I see his baby pictures. Oh. His, like, his mom, we went up Thanksgiving at his grandpa's house and his mom gave us a box of pictures because she was moving to Idaho and we were going through the pictures and there's this one picture of him when he was about seven or eight and I just started bawling like in front of his entire family and I'm like oh my god I'm okay I just have to like I'm sorry and I just step out I think that's hard for me because all of our embryos except one were boys and I always had this like oh my god, this is what my kid's going to look like, it's going to be so cute, like, look how cute Chris was when he was a little boy, oh my god, so when I see his face, yeah, I get like, it just hurts, because it's like, I wanted that so bad, and I feel like I took that away from him, too. Right. Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. Zach was, Zach was such a cute kid, and and yeah, you do envision, yeah. you've never met any of these of these children that you could have had, you didn't meet your embryos, but... We make in our mind ideas of, of what they could look like or, or what their names are or personalities. Like, I think as women, we just envision these children as, as already being born sometimes, and we already kind of assign, like, characteristics yeah. and, and just things like that. So that definitely that definitely I don't think is something that goes away. Um, yeah. It gets and better. I mean, and I mean, knowing, like, knowing the sex and then knowing – we actually got pictures oh, of the embryos. stronger now because of it not that that means anything 24 7 but I feel like I feel like when people go through all this and through all this loss I feel like we have so much more endurance and so much more strength like applied to everything in our lives um not just fertility you know what I mean like because because you've been through you know 
the lows are the low. And so, you, I don't know. It's just yeah. kind of, it's kind well, of interesting, mean, the person you become. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, I, it is, I'm okay with myself, like, I, you know, we've moved on and we're doing all this adoption stuff, but I do get my moments of, like, I do see how it's changed me. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, when someone announces their pregnancy, I cry every time, and I, <laughs> You know, I still have a hard time going baby showers. I've actually, mm-hmm. since I think all of which I've been to like two, and it was only for about like 15 minutes, and then I was like, yeah, I gotta go to stomach ache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the one thing that I do really hate that how it's changed me is I'm, I never realized how jealous I could be. Yeah. Not, I don't, I would never in a million, gazillion, bazillion years wish this on anybody, ever. I just, when I see somebody get pregnant or have a baby, like, it's that green-eyed monster is like, oh, look at so-and-so's got a baby, and here you are sitting and doing nothing. And right. So that, that's the one part that I'm like, I suck, but I can't help it. And I totally get that. I mean, yeah. I want to share an example, but I'm scared they'll listen to the podcast, but <laughs> I have these <laughs> friends. <laughs> I have these friends who... um growing up they had I mean granted I don't know every single detail of their life but like they always had like they were the first ones to get nice cars and they had like a lot of money and they were always well off and then you know they all got married first and had extravagant weddings and I was telling my husband this yesterday because you're right you know as much as we can try and and move on there's still those moments of this isn't fair you still have pity parties and, and you're right there's still there's still a little bit of envy, but but they they get pregnant yeah. when they say they're going to get pregnant. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And so I have friends like that who are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be pregnant by in six months. And I'm like, how do you know that? And lo and behold, six months later, they're announcing that they're pregnant. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what is inside your uterus? Like, why are you different than me? And What water did you drink? Exactly. I'm like, we all grew up together. I know we drank the same freaking water. Like, what's going on? Yeah. But yeah. but it is hard, and, and, and it's it's hard because you want to be happy for them, and you are. But at the same time, that feeling of inadequacy kind of comes back to you, and you're like, why them? Why why not me? Yeah. Well, I've had quite a few friends, you know, they get pregnant, and they come to me before they announce it to, like, the world, and they tell me, hey, like, I just want you know, I'm pregnant. I'm going to announce it, like, on Facebook, you know, whatever, da, da, da. I appreciate that gesture because I, I know that they're thinking about me. But then at the same time, I was like, man, that sucks that people think of me like that. That, like, you know, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings because you can't have what I got. But, right. You know. It's almost, it, it, it's it's almost like nice a pity. Gesture. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice gesture. I know it comes from the heart because the people that have done that for me, like, I love them to death. They're with amazing people. And they've been so supportive. But it's still that, like... Oh, that's how you see me. Right. And, and then that's when it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, because then you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm that person. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't want to be that person. You know, I, we had the plan that marriage, baby, house, baby, baby, baby. Oh, my gosh, can you guys seriously stop having babies? <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> Not the, I didn't want to be the. Right. But I'm pregnant, but yeah, I'm pregnant, 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 I'm
exactly. Well, my yeah. uh, my sister-in-law, yeah. I was the last person they told. So this is my nephew. I was the last person they told. I literally had my mom and my dad, my brother and her come over and all sit down on my couch and stare at me. And they're like, we have something to tell you. And I'm like, she's pregnant. I'm not, I'm not stupid. Like I'm, there's a reason yeah. like either this is an intervention or she's pregnant. <laughs> and then it, it just, <laughs> it just hurt. Cause I was like, you guys seriously all had to come over here and I had to be the last person to find out. But yeah, but I, I appreciated it. And so my mom had tears in her eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, you're going to make me cry. Like, it's fine. I can, I can take it. And so I remember I had gotten like yeah. an, an Amazon baby box, like the one that you get when you sign up with your registry or whatever. And uh -huh. so I gave it to my sister-in-law and my mom just looked at me and gave me the saddest eyes. And I'm like, you need to stop. I'm like, you're making yeah. this 10 times. And I know that she just felt for me because that was like a box I was saving, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to be using it anytime soon, so I'll give it to my to my nephew, my my future nephew. And so, yeah. but yeah, it, I honestly like everybody kind of sits you down, and while it comes from a good place, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like, I want to be like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So, so after that cycle, IVF. Obviously, I mentioned that we met in a Facebook group, and it was actually a Facebook adoption group. So when did adoption come become a part of, of your, your plan to become a mom? Um, it actually became a plan before the third cycle, IVF cycle. Okay. Um, Chris and I, you know, we sat down and we had already planned to do the IVF, but we sat down and we were like, you know what, like, what if for some reason it doesn't work? Like, what are we going to do? And, you know,
anything you guys need to do, we will be on board 100%. That's so awesome. So, yeah, so we were like, okay, like, at least we know it. And then we had talked to Chris and Terry, and they said the same thing. And, and it's hard. I know that it's hard for Chris's parents, for us, because they know the pain that we're going through. I was going to say, I just feel like getting that, that support with something as big as adoption, I think, I think a lot of people just think that, you know, you just wake up one day and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to adopt a kid, but there's so much thought and emotion yeah. that goes, especially after dealing with losses and infertility, yeah. in order to, to kind of accept that and then be open to that and then to announce it to your family because you know some people aren't as close but like you mentioned like i'm the same way with my family you know we wanted to make sure they agreed with us and they were okay about it because i think in the back of our minds we know the stigmas that adoption comes with and and even though we know our families we're always kind of weary of of where they are with that um because that wasn't our original that's i don't think that's you know people who have infertility that's not your original route um yeah but yeah, but that's that's really awesome that you guys had parents that were so understanding or have parents that are so understanding. Yeah, yeah everyone in our family has been very, anything we can do to help, we're going to help. That's awesome. So where are you now on your adoption journey? We are about 20 months in. Uh, we started June 2016 is like when we went live with the agency. So, yeah. you are with an agency, so mm-hmm. what did you decide? You guys are still doing, trying to seek independent, too, so you're pretty open to how how you're going about it, because that's how we met on the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had talked to, yeah, we had talked to the agency, and we were like, you know, if we find somebody, um, like, on our own, can, you know, you still work with us like that, or is it where you... And they're like, no, you can totally, if you find somebody and she's comfortable coming to us and us helping her and working together, like, you know, we will totally work with her. We'll set her up with her own attorney. We'll, everything that she needs to do, like, they would act as if she still came to them on her own kind of thing. Right. And we 
on everywhere in California, probably. <laughs> um, someone had given her um, our card, and she was actually only at the time, like, three, three months pregnant or so. So she was still kind of on the fence what she wanted to do. And she had contacted us, and we talked to her for quite some time, and then she just dropped off the face of the earth. Did she ever reply to that? totally know yeah. how it is. So you guys are still pretty young, and so I know that you're pursuing adoption. Is IVF still on the table? Is that something that you would, you guys would be willing to go through again? Yes. 
maybe like fresh eyes kind of thing. And, you know, he went in and he looks at everything and he's like, well, this is what I would do differently. This is what we would do differently. You know, maybe let's try it again later. So it's an option in the future. But right now we're just kind of pulling our heels, I guess. That's awesome. So, let's share your Facebook page, because you guys have a really cute Facebook page for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's share your page. What, what's your What's your Facebook okay. handle? Um, it is facebook.com slash Ashley and Chris Adopt. And they really do have a really cute page. So, we have a little group where we all share our pages, and they update, and they show their adorable fur babies, which are super cute. Yes. <laughs> And it's a really cute way to get to know yeah. to get to know them. And so thanks so much, Ashley, for I mean, I know it's something that isn't easy to talk about. I mean, I you know, we've we've been there. Not we haven't tried IVF yet. That that might be in the future, but um yeah. but we've been through those losses and, and I know it's not something that's yeah. necessarily easy to talk about, but we definitely appreciate it. No, yeah, it definitely it is hard to talk about, but I feel like the more you talk about it and the more you open up to people, it gets easier. You don't feel alone. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it does for other people, too. You know, people who may just be going through, like, the first, you know, first loss or first failed cycle, you know, where they feel that, that loneliness and that stuff. I think that, that the more we share our stories, the more people kind of can – we can build a bond with people. Whether we know them or not, like, there's still that – What's the word? Sisterhood, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, when we, when we announced we were doing IVF, or even when we announced adoption, it, it was amazing how many people came out and said, oh, yeah, I went through it. I went through it. And, oh, you know, my so-and-so adopted. You're like, oh, my God. Like, I, I've known you for 10 years, and I never knew you went through this. Right. It's, I feel like it's something that's so almost taboo to talk about. Absolutely. But it's like it needs to. I think I feel like we need to to keep each other sane through all of it. <laughs> we yeah. need to know that there are other people out there. Absolutely. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Ashley. You are awesome, and I'm glad that I got to know you a little better because I've known you on the Facebook groups, and now I feel like yeah. I am, I know you guys better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. Yeah. Well, okay, so we're going to end. Remember, it is they have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash forward slash Ashley and Chris adopt. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys. And right. we will be here next week. Thanks. Mm-hmm.